Thank you, brother. I bless you, brother. Amen. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. We just thank the Lord for his goodness and his mercy, allowing us to come this way. Uh, we're going to be looking at 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 19 through 22. 1 uh, Samuel uh, 13, verses 19 through 22. I want to just take the time, though, to uh, talk about my friends. They've been my friends a, a long time. I probably have known them uh, longer than most people in here have known them. Uh, Brother Terry and myself, uh, way before we started preaching, we uh, had a friendship. Uh, used to go around singing in a gospel group called the New Life Vocal Band. Uh, and I remember being at uh, Sister Linda's sister's home uh, with Brother Terry. We had spent the night there with uh, them, and we were uh, in the bedroom just talking, talking about, you know, the call that was on our lives to, to preach the gospel. And I went a little bit uh, ahead of him, not too much, though. I think we both uh, have, are celebrating 34 years this year, so we thank God for that. And, and that is an uh, amazing achievement that he and Sister Linda have been here for 20 years. I think you need to honor your pastor and your pastora again, First Lady. Will you stand and, and give them a round of applause? Thank them for the service that they have uh, given to the Lord. Amen. So glad that so glad that you're here, and I'm so glad that uh, that I didn't grab one of those messages that I had uh, preached in the revival over uh, a couple years ago. But I do have, I think, a fresh word for for this house uh, in First Samuel, and I, I think it's going to uh, minister to you. I hope and pray that it that it will. As I said earlier, you're blessed to have your pastor and your first lady. Uh, been in the ministry a long time. And I want to tell you that your pastors are gifts, gifts to this body. Amen? Amen. I see some heads shaking. There needs to be some more heads shaking. They're gifts to this body. Amen? They're gifts to this body. And I want you to understand that uh, your pastor and uh, Sister Linda are not average. They're not average people. This is not average church. This is, they're not run-of-the-mill people. Amen? This is not your run-of-the-mill church. This is not a mediocre church. Come on, somebody. Amen. I feel the presence of God in this place. It's not everywhere you go that you can feel the power of God. Amen. They're not just okay leaders. Amen. They are game changers. Boy, somebody ought to praise the Lord for that. I said they're game changers. They have changed this region through the power of God in them. Come on, somebody. God has blessed you with a pastor and a first lady that are game changers. Amen. Now, hey, I remember a long time ago. I didn't realize how long it had been when you were over at the, the Wooden Church. Remember that? Now, look where you're at now. It, it, has the game changed? Has the game changed? And God has done it through these two wonderful people, and we thank God for them. If you have your Bibles, will you just turn to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 13, and uh, we want to read verses 19, I think, through 22. 1 Samuel 13, 19 through 22. And the scripture says, Now there was no smith found throughout all the land of Israel. For the Philistines said, Least the Hebrews make them swords or spears. But all the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen every man his share 
and his culture and his acts and his mattock. Yet they had a file for the mattocks and for the calders and for the forks and for the axes and to sharpen the goads. So it came to pass in the day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hands of any of the people that were with Saul and Jonathan. But with Saul and, and with Jonathan, his son was, was there found. Father, we thank you for your word because your word is the truth. Help us expound its truth to your people. No longer me, but you that live on the inside of me. If there would be anything that would hinder the service from being what you'd have it to be, we bind it and cast it out. We thank you for the anointing that destroys the yoke. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Tell your neighbor before you sit down, game changers. Game changers. Hey, that's a term that is uh, used quite often. We hear it especially in sports that uh, people are game changers. Sometimes people get those kinds of uh, titles and uh, maybe they don't even really uh, deserve them, but they get those kind of titles that they're game changers. That really means that they change the way the game is being played. They change the way the game has to be played. Uh, and I won't go too uh, far into uh, uh, football because uh, your pastor and I will disagree about who's the best team when it, when it comes to that. But other than that, uh, we know about game changers, game changers. And I, I think I want you to see in this text about something that can change the game. And I, I'm really speaking to you as individuals today and as a part of this body of Christ that God has called us all to be game changers. Amen? God is calling all of us to be game changers. And there's things that we have to do if we're going to be that. Amen? If we're going to be game changers, there's things that we have to do. And I think that God uh, will show uh, that in his word today. Look here at 1 Samuel 13 and 19, that first verse there. He says, there were, now there was no smith found throughout the land of Israel. For the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make them swords or spears. Please understand when Samuel says there were no smiths in Israel, he wasn't talking about people with that last name. Amen. He was letting us know that the Israelites did not have any individuals, listen, that were skilled in ironwork and the making of weaponry. And because they didn't have a blacksmith, and by helping somebody, that put them at a disadvantage when fighting their enemies. The parallel will always, uh, or it will, you'll always be at a disadvantage if you don't have the right skill set. Amen? Amen. You will always be at a disadvantage when it comes to fighting the enemy if you don't have the necessary skill set. You will always be at a disadvantage when you're fighting the enemy if you don't have the necessary skill set. Amen? Listen what he says in 2 Timothy 2 and 15. It says, study to show thyself the proven to God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Well, what are you saying, preacher? I'm telling you how to be a game changer. 
I'm telling you, here's what you've got to do. You've got to study the Word of God. Amen? If you're going to improve your skill set, I wish somebody would help me preach today. If you're going to improve your skill set, it's going to start right here in this book. Amen? You're going to have to study to show yourself approved, a workman that's worthy. Amen? Amen. You got to study the word of God. Now, listen, you're not, my wife's not here today so I can get away with this. You're not going to get it by osmosis. You're not going to get it that way. I know that seems kind of humorous, but I want you to get the point that I'm making. You won't get it that way. There are many people that put it under their pillow at night and try to sleep, but you can't get it that way. There are many people that are playing on the CD over and over while they sleep, but you won't get what you need that way. If you're going to improve your skill set, you've got to get in the Word of God. That's the only way you're going to change the game. The devil keeps taking our lunch money because we have not improved our skill set. Amen? So there were no smiths there. There was no weaponry being made. Amen? They didn't have weapons. Amen? So they had no skill set. Amen. Listen to what the Word of God says in, in 1 Samuel 13 and 22. So it come to pass in the day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people that were with Saul and Jonathan. But with Saul and with Jonathan, his son was there found. You see that? Yeah, they got it for us. Amen. Listen. There was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people that were with Saul and Jonathan. Only, what he's really saying, only Saul and Jonathan had weapons. You can't fight without weapons, folks. Amen? You can't depend on Pastor Terry and Sister Linda just to be the ones that have the weapons. Amen? You need a weapon. Amen? Amen? You need the weapon. Come on. You need the weapon. At some time, 1 o'clock in the morning, how dare you call your pastor? You need the word. Some people are called a pastor when they got a hangnail. I wish I had some help in here today. You need the word in you. You need your own sword. You need a skill set. So the people didn't have skill or a sword. How many of you know it's impossible to develop, to develop skill with objects that you haven't been exposed to? Amen? You, you, you can't develop any skill with this if you haven't been exposed to it. Amen? You've got to be exposed to it. Amen? Amen. You've got to be exposed to it. You have got to be exposed to the Word of God so that you will be able uh, to fight. Amen. Have we, have we got our helpers in here today? Amen. Got our helpers in here today? Amen. All right. That, that, that's a help. 
The Bible says that they had forks, pick forks, but they didn't have swords. Green Acres. Some of y'all too young to remember that. Now, do y'all know what this is for? Zach, do you know, I'll start with Zach's pretty young. Zach, you know what this is for? It's a pitchfork, yeah. You, you, you pitch stuff with it. But it's, it's not a weapon, folks. Amen. But that's all they had. That's all they had. Amen. They just had pick forks and mattocks, the Bible says. That's what they had. Can you help me, brother? Can you, can you, can you, uh, can you use this? That's, that's not a weapon. Would you agree? Now, you can make it a weapon. But, but it, it's, it's not a weapon. And, and what happens when you make that a weapon and your enemy has a weapon? Now, I'm going to have to get real close to him. That thing there is kind of long. But I want you to get the point today. Amen. The people of God are trying to fight with pitfalls when the enemy knows the word better than we do. Remember when Jesus was being tempted, amen, that the enemy gave him the word. And if Jesus didn't know the word to counter the enemy, he would have been in a mess. And a lot of times we'll get a little piece of the word, but we don't have all the word. And we don't know what we need to do. We need to be people that know how to wield a sword. We need to be people that know how to fight. Now let this joker come and try to fight me with a pitchfork when I'm a trained assassin. Now he's going to be, I'm not going to hurt you brother, he's going to be in trouble. You've got to have your weapon. Look at me, I look like I know what I'm doing though. You know why? Because I practice this. I practice it. It's been, it's not the first time that it's been in my head. And that's the way we. Somebody better get it. It's not the first time that it's been in my head. I know how to handle and God is calling his people to handle it. See what they had. You can rest that brother. What they had was a pitchfork and a mattock. This is what they had to go out and fight with, brother. Now, you can make this a weapon, but all you're going to do with this is beat somebody over the head with it and cause blunt force trauma. Y'all got it? Matter of fact, you got to be pretty strong. This thing's heavy. You got to be pretty strong to, to wheel this thing around. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave this up here so you can get the idea. See, people have parts of the weaponry. They have an idea what the weapons ought to look like. They have an idea. They know a little piece of what the Word of God says, but they don't have the whole counsel of God. And it's a lot different when you have the whole counsel of God. 
God's word is compared to a sword. That's what God's word is. And it's a two-edged sword. It cuts on the right and the left. You're swinging this way and swinging that way, and it's cutting every which way. You can cut a path with the word of God. The word of God will change your life. You will be a game changer with the word of God. It'll change your life. You've got to get your skill set there. You've got you to work with that thing. Amen. Listen to what the Bible says. Hebrews 5 and 13. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. And we can conclude, you know, in this text that Saul and Prince Jonathan had both skill and sword. So the ideal must have been that they were going to train the men of Israel. They say, and that's what your pastors are here to do. They're not here to fight all the battles. They're here to train you so you can fight. Amen. They're here so you can put away the pitchforks. And that's all some of us are fighting the devil with. He's not scared of pitchforks. He's not scared of a, of a pickaxe. But you know what he is afraid of? When a born-again believer knows the word of God, when he has a skill set of the word of God, and he knows how to wield the sword. You know what wielding the sword really means? It means shaking it. That's what you do to it. You just shake the word at him. You stand on the word of God. You give him the word. Amen. When you begin to give him the word. Now, he's going to give you a word back just like he did Jesus. But then you give him a word. You keep giving him a word till he has no words. And you know what happened? The Bible says that he left Jesus for a season. Because Jesus had that word. Matter of fact, Jesus was the word. Amen. 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 Listen, listen to what it says here in, in 1 Samuel 13 and 22. So it came to pass in the day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people that were with Saul and Jonathan. But with Saul and with Jonathan, his son was found. Now, I want you to notice something. In the text, something that I've noticed, the people didn't have a sword or a spear. Obviously, we understand, and I hope I've demonstrated that pretty good to us, that the sword is a metaphor for the word of God. Amen? Amen? But what I want you to get, that the word of God is a weapon that can be manifested in the various forms. Let me say that again, SpongeBob, slow. The word is a weapon that can be manifested in the various forms. Example, it could be a, a spear. It could be a sling. We know because that's what David defeated Goliath with. It could be a, a bow. Amen. Amen. Do we understand that the word of God can be manifested in the many different forms of weaponry? Amen. Amen. Listen, we know that because, listen, listen, 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. Listen, it says for the weapon, you have that for us. Can you put that up? Uh, 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, if you have that. 
2 Corinthians 10 and 4. I know I didn't give you my notes, but we can wait a few minutes to get that. I think it's important. First, 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. There you go. Thank you, brother. Listen, it says, for the weapon, y'all better watch what the preacher says. It says, for the weapon, oh, y'all got it. Good. Good. The weapon, it's got an S on it, don't it? We always think the word of God is the sword, but the word of God, we have weapons. Come on, somebody. We've got weapons. And we've got weapons. We've got weapons. We've got weapons. We don't just have a weapon. We've got weapons. We don't just have the word of God. We can pray. We don't, we don't just have to pray. We can fast. I wish I had some help in this place today. We have weapons. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. But they're mighty through God. Through the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. That's what our weapons do. Those things that we're facing in our life. Those strongholds. God has given us weapons to take those strongholds down. It's not just enough for us to read the word of God. We've got to study the word of God. That's not enough. We've got to pray. Amen. We've got to fast. We've got to seek God's face. Amen. And we're, the whole time, what we're doing, we're building our skills there. We're getting stronger and stronger. Amen. And that is what's going to change the game. Why is it important that we have weapons? I'm, I'm glad you asked. Because sometimes we don't need to get into hand-to-hand combat with the enemy. Amen. Amen. Because there's too much of us exposed if we're that close to the enemy. Let me help us. Remember, David had the sling. Amen. Goliath had a sword, didn't he? And a spear, right? Amen. What do you think would have happened if David had got real close to Goliath? Now, let's be practical. We know what God is able to do. But but let's be practical. Amen. David was not, uh, he was not a soldier. Amen. He had not even been in the military. He had just seen the military. He didn't even know anything about it. But what he did know is what he had. He knew the weapon that he had. Now, you can't take Saul's armor. I wish somebody would help me right now. You can't go out with Saul's armor if it hasn't been. You can't just grab the Bible if it hasn't been proved. That thing's got to be proved on the inside of you. Help me today. Saul dressed him up in his own armor. David said, I can't go like this. But David knew one thing, guys. He knew how to work that sling. Amen. He knew how to work that sling. And and really, guys, probably all it was was a piece of cloth. Just a piece of cloth. And he put a rock in it. But he knew with that rag and a rock... He had killed a lion 
and a bear. And he knew in his mind, I know how to use this. I'm not at the level of the sword yet, but I do know how to use my sling. Come on and help me today. And when he faced the giant, he didn't get real close to him because he knew better than that. You've got to give your rock some time to travel over some distance. Amen. I had a neighbor, Brother Michael, and he said this to me one time. You know how men are talk sometimes about what they're going to do. And he said, boy, I got something that a bark here and a bite down there. Y'all have any idea what he was talking about? He was talking about a gun. It'll make a sound here, but the bite's down there. We need to be people like that. That something that barks right here, but it makes a sound down there. It makes the bite down there. That's exactly what David did with the sling. Now, you can analyze it any way you want to. You can fix it up any way you want to, but that was a miracle. The giant had all his armor on, and there was only one space available in his helmet. And that just so happened to be the place that the rock fit into perfectly. Wow. Y'all know how many rocks he picked up? Five. Goliath has four brothers. Did y'all know that? Amen. He said, I got something for them, too. Amen. Let me tell you something about your, your weapon will work on all your enemies. You've just got to get to the place where you increase your skill set. Amen. And that's when you become a game changer. Amen? Amen. That's what we need, folks. We need people that are going to be game changers. That'll change it. That'll change everything. Imagine what kind of churches we would have if the people of God got into the Word of God. We, we leave that to the professionals, don't we? We leave that to the pastors and the first ladies and the deacons, but God is calling all of us to increase our skill set. Amen? You know what the, the scripture says, what the scripture is saying over and over again. You got, you got to get this, folks. You, you, got, to, you got to really get this. These, this is not just a story told for us just so we can have some historical event that happened. The word of God is history, but, but it's not just a historical story so we can read and say, wow, that, you know, that's awesome. David killed a giant. No, you, not for us to read and say, man, they didn't even have swords. They didn't have spirit. That's not what it's for. God wants to make a spiritual parallel to us. Hallelujah. Did you get it? God is making a spiritual parallel to us. The Bible says that there were no smiths. There was no spear. There was no sword. When they got ready to sharpen their farming tools, they had to go to the Philistines. That's where they had to go. Can you, can you imagine that you're under the thumb of an opposing enemy and all you can do is what he says you can do? 
A lot of us are in that position, even though we're the people of God, because these are the people of God. The Hebrews were the people of God, but they were under the thumb of the Philistines because they didn't have weapons. And the weapons that they had weren't sharp. No sword. Didn't have an edge on it. No edge. No wonder. No wonder the people of God, we're in the shape that we're in when we don't have the weapons that we need. If we're going to be game changers, folks, we're going to have to take up our weapons. Our weapons are going to have to be sharpened, amen, so that we can attack the enemy. When the enemy comes, that we'll be able to, to stand our ground, amen. We've got to be people that are able to do that. When we're able to do that, then it changes the game. It changes the game. Look, look. I'll help us. Usually at home, I'm in a mixed congregation of Native Americans, Hispanics, blacks, and, and, and uh, you know, white folks. Just to help us, mostly a predominantly Native American church here. Can you imagine what would have happened if we had guns, Native Americans had guns? I'm talking about, you know, when they came over and, and made us a colony. Come on, somebody. Lighten up. I had a black guy in my church. He said, Pastor, he said, I can't believe that y'all tried to fight them with sticks. <laughs> you know what I said? Being the proud Native American I am, at least we tried. But I'm trying to get you to think of something. What if we had guns too? You know the guns changed everything. That changed everything. Come on, somebody. It will change everything when we get the right, the right weapons that we need here to change the outcome of the situation. Things will change. Things will change. It will change things. If we get the weapons that we need, and God has provided us with the weapons, all we got to do is get skilled in it. And begin to use it. You know, how you, you know how you get better at it? Use it. Use it. You, you're not just studying a, a passage just to be studying it, folks. You're not just studying to, to check something off. Sometimes we'll go through our little checklist. Yeah, I've, I've read the Bible from cover to cover, but it's not going to do us any good. David said, his word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. His word is a weapon that we use against the enemy. That's why we read the word of God. That's why we study the word of God, so that when those times come, we'll be able to stand. But we'd like for people to read it for us. Study it for us. But we need to be people that know how to wield the sword. Then we can be game changers, guys. That changes everything. That changes the trajectory of everything when we get our skill set the way it needs to be. Amen. Amen. Are you ready to do that? Are you ready to do that? That's important that we are not only ready, but we begin to do that. Amen. It's so important that we take, you know what, you know what Job said? He said, I, I considered it more necessary than my daily food, the word of God. That's how serious Job was about it. I need that word of God. Do you need it? Every day. 
We need, we need to be people that discipline ourselves every day to read the Word of God, to study the Word of God, because it's a game changer. Amen? It changes everything when we know the Word of God. Will you bow your heads with me all over this place today? Father, we just thank you for your Word, because we know your Word is truth. Help us to apply this truth to our heart, to our lives, God. God, we know that it will change everything about us when we know your word. Your word is the game changer, dear God. And when we put your word in us, it changes the outcome of every scenario, God. And we thank you for that, God. Just help your people, dear God, not only just to say it with our lips, dear God, but to do it. You said in your word, if we know these things, happy are we if we do them. James tells us that we don't only need to be a hearer of the word, but we need to be a doer of the word. God, help your people to ever be doers of the word. God, just move in a mighty way right now like only you can. Every Christian in here, your eyes are closed, your heads are bowed. I wonder if there's one here today that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Is there one today? I know this is Pastor's Appreciation and Sister uh, Linda, the First Lady's their anniversary appreciation. But you know what? You, you, you couldn't suit them any better than for somebody to come to this altar and make the Lord Jesus Christ Lord of their lives. Maybe you've been beaten up. But you can be a game changer. You can be a game changer. Is there one today? Real quickly, and to raise your hand, Brother Simmons, I don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. Is there one?